This is Too Much Movie Night. Join your hilarious host, Brian, JJ. Hmm, what is up, everybody? I don't have a saying for this one. And Steve. What the hell are you doing out here, Fred? <laughs> Follow along as we dissect, debate, and dish out cinematic hilarity that'll leave you rolling in the aisles. So buckle up, grab your popcorn, and get ready for a movie podcast that's packed with laughs, entertainment, and probably a few bad jokes. This is... Too much movie night. For, <laughs> if this is your first time listening, thanks for listening in. We're going to go back through I Am Legend. All right, yes. That's Will Smith week, guys. Woo! Mm-hmm. Legend. A legend. I love right. it. Will Smith. And damn, we had some movies. Some great fucking movies miss out. But I, I'm loving where it landed. I Am Legend, it's a... We're finally seeing Will Smith do a little bit more as far as his acting chops. We have a fun action movie and... If I'm not a fan of post-apocalyptic movies, I don't know who is. Because I don't know why, but they get me going. Yeah. No, I'm the same way, man. I think me and you have have the same taste in in movies about stuff like that, you know? With this one, um, uh, the Book of Eli. Book of Eli. (laughs) You know? We'll save that story for later. Yeah, we will. All these other ones (laughs) that kind of like, you know, these uh, Fallout 3 (laughs) post-apocalyptic. <laughs> All these types of shows, I just dig them. So yeah, yeah. There's just something about you know the death and destruction of Earth that is just absolutely amazing and captivating to me. And it may be a dumbass movie, not saying this one is, but you know some of the movies that come out, you're like, are you kidding me? This is absolutely retarded. But I'm still gonna watch it because <laughs> I think it's awesome. Hey, any movie that can make you feel like, wow, my life could get worse, I, you know, that's always a feel-good movie in my heart. Yeah. <laughs> could oh, get man. worse. The dude had New York City all to himself during oh, the day. During the don't day. Don't get into that. I, there were some great parts of Like, I think I would thrive in parts of this aspect of this world. But we'll, we'll jump into this. Uh, but I Am Legend, it's... Uh, remake of several movies because of based on a book was it 1956 i think the book was uh yeah. came out but this was mm-hmm. uh you know this I, I i love will smith i came out of the 90s loving independence day uh wild wild west uh bad boys 2 fresh Blacks, fresh prince like this was this is just where it was for me and this actually was a stint of very sad movies that will smith came out with um he had this he had uh, Pursuit of Happiness, Seven Pounds, uh, even Hancock came out in the the span of these four movies. A depressed superhero, you know? So, like, yeah. I felt like he very much was trying to evolve out of that crazy, goofy, limelight, like, here I am in front of the camera, but also an action star. And this kind of brought, I felt, like, a, another level to what he was doing with his, his well, did he win? Did he win, like, an Academy Award or something like that for Pursuit of Happiness? He is still not one. And Ali, or he was nominated for Ali and Pursuit of Happiness. And then I Am Legend came out, and it didn't really hit exactly how the other two did. But I still think it was, I mean, you like you said, you got to see his, like, nitty-gritty, like, down-to-earth acting. And it was really good, not just comedies and well, I think this was like right after I Robot, even right. So, mm-hmm. like he remember he did like I Robot, which was oh, him yeah. him sort of making that transition from from Mike Lowry 
to, you know, to a different type of a cop. But then, you know, and then, but then I remember seeing this one the first time and like, man, Will Smith looks a little bit older than, you know, than I remember him. So. He looks, he, I thought he looked the part. He, he looks somber. He looks depressed. He looks like a man that's been defeated. And I, I thought it was impressive because, yeah, he was what, probably still in his 30s at this point. He was still a young guy. Uh, so but just being able to see that transition of what we saw him, I mean, I feel like we get so many topless, you know, shots of Will Smith throughout his career. Oh. Um, even in the sad movies, he's freaking, you know, shirtless. <laughs> But uh, I, I liked it. He was still charming in this. You still got that fun Will Smith, you know, the, the, the dialogue that you get from him whilst being all by himself, talking to mannequins, talking to a dog. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But, I mean, I do that stuff all the time. <laughs> My dogs don't talk back, typically. The mannequins do. Yeah. That's, that's what it's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's when you need to seek help uh, yeah back when i used to drive the truck i was like look there's no problem with talking to yourself but it's when you answer that's when you know there's an issue <laughs> right. you guys want to jump into this trailer so we can get going trailer, trailer time i'm not i'm not infected i'm not infected please nothing happened the way it was supposed to happen six billion people on earth when the infection hit I'm a survivor living in New York City. I will be at the South Street Seaport every day at midday when the sun is highest in the sky. Now just sleep. Eat your vegetables. Don't just push them around. Eat, eat them. I'm not playing. Morning, Hank. Midway through the G's.
An attempt to genetically re-engineer the measles virus to cure cancer becomes lethal, infecting 99% of the world's population, turning those it does not kill into vampiric, albino, cannibalistic mutants called dark seekers, who are extremely vulnerable to sunlight and prey on the few who are left unaffected. Three years after the outbreak, U.S. Army virologist Robert Neville lives an isolated life in deserted Manhattan, unsure if any other uninfected humans are left. Neville's daily routine includes experimenting on infected rats to find a cure for the virus, searching for food and supplies, and waiting each day for any survivors who might respond to his continuous recorded radio broadcasts. Flashbacks reveal his wife, Zoe, and daughter, Marley, died in a helicopter accident during the chaotic evacuation of Manhattan as the military was enforcing a quarantine of the island. Neville himself stayed behind with other military personnel. Neville's only companion is his German shepherd, Sam, and to cope with his loneliness, he regularly talks to some mannequins. At night, he barricades himself with Sam inside his heavily fortified Washington Square Park home to hide from the dark seekers. Oh, Alyssa looks like she popped in next to Steve to join for the podcast. <laughs> Hang on, Steve, let me unmute you. Nope, I can't. I got it. Yes, I didn't realize that that was her at first. And then, <laughs> just. <laughs> Instead of dark seekers, we should call them mouth breathers. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about this movie. So as we kind of discussed, living in New York City all by yourself, I don't think it would be the worst thing overall. I'm not a people person. I like people from time to time, but like having, you know, all that, the things he got to do. Sure, he's got to hunt. He's got to worry about dying around every corner, but hitting golf balls off, you know, a freaking jet on a on a <laughs> ship, being able to go to whatever penthouse you want and just fr- like just go crazy, you know. Like I would enjoy, I'm sure, several months, if not maybe even a couple of years, of finding things to do, rummaging through people's shit. Hell yeah. I mean, oh, you, yeah. you you saw like the uh, the paintings that he had in his house. Like he took those from like the Met. I mean, he had freaking like you know Van Goghs and shit like that in his house. Hell yeah. <laughs> he was decorating his house from. So I was like, hell yeah, why not? You know. I mean, I can't disagree with him at all. Driving that Shelby GT five hundred, <laughs> straight up, just tearing ass through the streets all by yourself. Yeah, that'd be one of the first things I do. Just which fucking. Which is funny that that now. car still had his window sticker on it. <laughs> I thought that was funny too, seeing that so, on there. So obviously that wasn't like his daily driver. He just went and just, hey, there's a cool car. I'm going to drive this for the day. Let's get on it, you know? Right. This one yeah, still runs. Stop, <laughs> stop by the dealership. Wednesday's going to be, uh, yeah, the red car. We're going to go with that one. How cool would that be? Drive it till it's out of gas, go park it somewhere on the side of the street, get your next one. Like, that seems so fun to me. I, I like it. I'm a guy with choices. I like to be able to pick multiple things. And having a new car every single day of the year, who doesn't love that? My did first you he only drove Fords, though? In every yeah, I scene did, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, whole, the whole movie was obviously sponsored by Fords, yes. And not the show, uh, not yet. <laughs> um, the, my first question though, when it was starting, it was like, why the hell don't you leave? I mean, it's like the city, right? New York would be the, seemed to be like the last place I would want to be. If you're talking about a hundred and, you know, or 500 something million dark seekers 
and only, you know, well, his numbers were wrong, but we'll get to that a little bit, right? About, you know, 12 million, 12 million people that were like uninfected, uh, that ever, that they killed everybody else. But the majority of those people, you think the dark seekers would be in New York. So why the fuck stay in New York? Yeah, I mean, get the hell out of there. I know, but you, but obviously you could find test subjects anywhere, but you I know. think a lot of it had to do with this setup. Like he had a it, lab downstairs. Well, it was, and, 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 and I got it that, that that was. I mean, he answered it like, "No, this is my site," and he felt responsible for it. But at, but the, like I say my first question is like, "Why don't you get the hell out of there?" But ultimately, he did answer that. You know, I mean, I would I would probably find somewhere outside of the city and like you know travel to the city every day to go do whatever you needed to do. But I think ultimately he chose to stay there because also if there's anybody else alive out there, they're going to head towards a famous city where like, okay, well maybe, you know, maybe New York city has people there or, you know, maybe Washington DC has survivors there something, you know, that. So, and here's something else, right? I don't know of any army bases that are in Manhattan. Yeah, I don't either. So, I mean, like, well, it's only the secret ones. Under, why? Why there would be a lieutenant colonel virologist in with a house in Manhattan just made no sense to me whatsoever. Anyway, it was like okay. The, the, the base is underneath. You got to take the secret tunnel under the Holiday Inn <laughs> to get to get to it. Did you guys notice one of the first things? Um, He's getting out of the car with those kids, his wife, and one of the other army guys says, oh, I just can't get used to the new regs. And then it was like that because of the beard. He had a beard. Yep, just for you <laughs> nitpicking military folks. <laughs> Yeah, just for the nitpicking military folks. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> and listen, and like, oh, where's his no-shave chit? <laughs> but, uh, He's above the law. Clearly, he doesn't have to be near the base, you know. These guys already, they already had those fucking scanners to, yeah. like, check their eyes. Like, okay, who who, mass, who figured out that and who mass-produced those eye scanners? And talking, like, a matter of weeks, they haven't even closed the city off yet. It's like, this thing is just happening, and they already have these scanners out there that are obviously fucking faulty anyway. Because... <laughs> Right. Check it again. Check it again. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, as we learned going through our pandemic, clearly it takes them a little bit longer than a couple of weeks to get some sort of scan. Fucking digital scanning. They're still shoving shit up people's noses for COVID tests. Like, what the fuck, man? Oh, ridiculous. Ridiculous. I did think that this movie hit right at the like perfect timeline. Because the fact I was sitting here thinking about like, oh my God, what are you going to do to fill all your time? And then he walks in the video store, the last one existing in the 21st century. Thank God it hit mm -hmm. right before streaming came on. Because what else is he going to watch? If, you know, <laughs> he would have had fucking yeah. nothing. <laughs> he's already watching like news reruns. I was watching with Alyssa, and she goes, wow, I guess there's enough people that got a news team. No, no, that's a rerun, Alyssa. <laughs> we do not have enough people. She had never seen this before, so she only oh, had Oh, thank God like, Katie Kirk is still alive. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Matt Lauer, he's going to give you all the answer. Yeah. Matt Lauer <laughs> and Katie Kirk is <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like they actually, so I, I started doing a little background reading on it and they actually say that this movie predicted a lot of stuff that like their predictions got pretty damn close to like what happened in real life. Well, it was like little stuff in the back. Like uh, when he's driving through uh, Times Square, there's a poster up on the wall that has like Batman versus Superman. 
Oh yeah, I was wondering so, like did this movie this happened before that, right? Yeah, it happened way before because I don't think that came out until like 2014 or 2017 or something like that. Okay, and I did notice that. It was actually kind of weird that the poster in this movie looks very similar to the poster of the actual movie. That's just WB getting lazy for, there and reusing it. Yeah. <laughs> well, for yeah. what I heard I mean, though, there was the one of the writers of this movie had written a screenplay for uh, kind of for Superman versus Batman prior and so and then that movie didn't get made and so that was kind of like a kind of a little uh, like a little homage to that guy because that movie didn't get made until 2016 oh. so that's why they kind of put that up there i, I kind of I'm I'm playing a little that. inception putting it but, into wsb's mind like, yeah, hey, yeah right do this <laughs> but i mean so like obviously this movie came out in 2007 but it's like based in 2010 yeah, yeah and... it's like three years ahead of when the because that, that's how like i guess the well sort of the book kind of like the book sort of takes place over a three-year time period so they mm-hmm. kind of just did, and, and the same thing with like when they remade the Omega, when they made the Omega Man with Charleston mm-hmm. Heston, they kind of did that three years after the fact, and then after this the was fact, like yeah. three years after the fact. Although the book is like a a three year time span, this the, the, this is like just three years later. So, but I I looked for it and I got I ended up getting cut off today while I was watching the movie again, um, thanks to another one of our co hosts here. Um, Brian, and because uh, I was, I was looking for this, it kicks me off. It says somebody else is trying to watch it. I said, "Nope." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was I was looking specifically because apparently when he's when he's watching uh, Katie Couric in the morning, Katie Couric, um, there's a a line that goes across the bottom that says Shaq retires 2010, in 2010, yeah. and he actually retires in 2011 in real life. And there was another one on that ticker. It said um, the Patriots have beaten the Giants for the second time this year, which is impossible for an NFC and an AFC team to play twice unless the second time is in the Super Bowl, which they played that year in 2008 and lost. And the Patriots also lost again in 2011, which I thought was funny as shit, just kind of how they played that in there and how that rolled out as well. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't notice that part because I didn't make it to that part to actually read that part because you kicked <laughs> yeah, me off the next fucking movie. <laughs> <out> there, <buddy. laughs> All right, that's funny. Oh. So, a question I did. So, I loved Sam. Loved the German Shepherd. Loved the relationship between him and the dog. Just the the role that the dog played. But I have an issue with this. You're telling me this man is all alone and he has one dog. Bullshit. He lives on West washington block i'd have the whole block marked out and it'd just be dogs nothing but fucking dogs in those houses just running cra- oh but you know that's, what? who wouldn't want like where are all the dogs gonna go you well but but the dogs home. are susceptible to getting bit by the other dogs and so and let, so let me hide them in the house take care of them what <laughs> well how is these puppies <laughs> there aren't any more dogs so, they're all getting bit they're all they're all sam's the only one he can protect so 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 dogs are susceptible to it as we see, but lions aren't. Or maybe there's uh, lions ghost or cats. Dogs aren't. Lions are cats and not dogs, and so uh, just well, the same. I understand that. But but the same thing with like the deer, right? So you know those things don't. It depends, right? They all there's some diseases that will 
cross over, but just because of the disease affects one animal doesn't mean it will affect all of the was, other animals. I was hoping to see something other than a dog infected. Like, you know, oh, maybe him going bad. after some of the deer and maybe some of them were, like, infected. Just because... It Could you imagine, odd. like, one of those rabid deers just... <laughs> that's what I, like... That would be fucking wicked. <laughs> and that's kind of what do that, was... uh, do that imitation for us again there, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the, the guests could just rewind it. <laughs> we'll put that on our Instagram page so everybody can check it out slow-mo. Check out I Am Legend, and it's just... Uh, <laughs> what are those boomerangs of Steve? Just <laughs> looking like the damn rat in the cage over there. Trying to bite cheese off his shoulder. <laughs> But that's that was crazy. I would have been crazy to see like one of those deer do that stuff. But yes, Sam. Oh man. But yeah. Anyway, I want to. We can get into Sam. What you the? Guys, go ahead. Okay. Oh, no. Do you, while we're talking about the animals, let's just go ahead and get it over with now. The fucking CGI between the animals, between the Dark Seekers. These like the CGI was not up to what 2007 was. I was so disappointed. I remember being upset back when I watched this movie, like how the lines just didn't feel real. And rewatching it, it just, it hurt me a little bit. I mean, I think it was still in the, I wouldn't say early stages of CGI. Like they were obviously using it for several movies and everything like that. But I just, I I'd agree it was very poor production. Um, but I mean, originally I read the, uh, the dark seekers were not originally CGI. They were actual people in suits and full costume, but they couldn't move that well either. So they just CGI'd over them and called it a day. Yeah. I Which, feel like it was a miss for the movie. Put a little bit more money into it. I felt like that that the, like the deer running just looked weird, you know. The deer, the, even the deer walking, just like yeah, yeah. you know, just looked very strange. The lion coming out at it, and then the big lion with the little lion. Oh, hey, Dad! Hey, what's going on? Right, just, fucking well, it, around mean, the corner. It's it's funny because you like we go back to another movie that we've covered where CGI was invented. And they made a damn Tyrannosaurus Rex look, I, which I don't so know, honestly, what a Tyrannosaurus Rex would actually look like walking. But if I had to imagine, it would look exactly like what they did compared to, like, this deer that can barely, like, even stand up. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've done several movies at this point that are ranging from five, six years to over, over a decade, you know, older than this movie. And I think they did a better job. Um and I think it really takes away from this overall movie, despite how great Will Smith is in it. Some of these things that CGI are just a huge point of the movie, and I just it takes it away from me, you know? Well, y'all want to get to, to Sam's portion? Let's do it. Chase down these yeah. dark seekers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get it anymore. One day, as Neville hunts a deer, Sam pursues it into a dark building. Neville cautiously goes in after her and locates the deer's corpse along with Sam, but discovers the building is infested with dark seekers. Both escape unharmed, and the attacking dark seekers are killed by the sunlight. Neville finds a promising treatment derived from his own blood, so he sets a snare trap and captures a female dark seeker. A male dark seeker attempts to pursue them, but is halted by the sunlight and returns to the shadows. Back in his laboratory in the basement of his house, Neville treats the female seemingly without success. Yes. Okay. Fucking Sam. <laughs> Sam, you don't go into those goddamn dark buildings just like that. Like, 
God. Three years we've done this. And three years. Now all of a sudden you're going to get balls and go into the building? Come on, Sam. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just for I mean, a deer. I'm Just for a deer. Now, did you guys understand the concept of the light? Because that part really screwed with me. The fact that like he would hide the light so that they couldn't see it. He would shine it on them. He, like, I just, like, I don't know. I felt like the light would deter him. So wouldn't he want to put the light on him? Does that, I, I don't know. It just kind of really struggled. I was trying to figure out what is the downfall of the light. That's well, I don't think, himself. I don't think it, that light necessarily would have, like, killed him or deterred him. Uh, I think UV. it. Yeah, it's not I think UV it. Light. Yeah, I think it would have attracted him more. It's kind of like the. It would be kind of like a, like a bug zapper, but it wouldn't zap. Right. It would just attract. <laughs> like so, just felt like a he little was killing his night vision. Like you know, shining the light back in his face. Now you're highlighting you. You can't see them, but they can now see the small glowing. He wasn't trying. He was actually trying to cut. He was actually covering the light. So it wasn't necessarily trying to shine it back. It was trying to cover it and then just, like, release it, you know? But, yeah. yeah well, I, I, I knew he saying. wasn't trying to light it himself up. But I just mean, like, in the process, that's what it seemed like, at least the camera angle we were getting. You know, yeah. his face is lit up. Dude, you can't see shit. Your night vision is all you've got. And, and a gun. But, you know, like, that's critical in that dark-ass building. Well, and I'm sure his night vision wasn't very good at all because he doesn't use it ever. Yeah. <laughs> right he's never outside in the dark <laughs> oh, but yeah it was just one of those like the entire time i'm just like oh my god go get sam go get sam go get sam get sam out of there and oh. oh yeah i was i was laying on the couch and moose was laying on the other couch and i like looked over and i was like don't be that fucking stupid and he just, like, <laughs> he just kind of like looked over at me like Bro, I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm gonna go back to sleep. But dude, but then really like he sees Sam like cowering under that desk. I was like, okay, that fucking like tripped me out a little bit. It was like, all right, you know, Sam's is like, Sam's like balls to the wall. Here I go after this deer into the building, and now I'm like gonna hide under this little desk here. Like, oh shit, right? <laughs> and I think seeing, I don't know, what do you want to call him? The the head dark seeker, the main guy, the alpha. I don't know if I've ever watched this movie with the intent of seeing, like... I know there's there's glimpses through the movie, like, you think they're sentient, but, like, I don't think that really actually dug into me until this viewing of the movie. Like, seeing our, like, he's actually thinking about these things, you know? Like, when he chases him later on outside in the light and, like, is openly taking in the UV, which he can't, like, he has the thought process. You know, like, they're not completely gone. They may be vampires. Are they vampires? Zombies? Whatever they are. I think uh, they're, they're supposed to be vampires. They're closer to vampires than they are to zombies. So I guess that means their mind isn't just dead. It's still functioning, which, you know, we find out more and more about that throughout the movie. Yeah. But, um, I don't know why it really never sunk in that they are aware. They, they are aware, and they actually kind of have a... I, I don't know, a well, rank? A... I mean, it's obvious that they're aware. They even fucking build a trap for him later on, right? Which because... is something... <laughs> I didn't realize, I guess, that they did that. I guess I was thinking that he just forgot he gets loopy at times, and I just figured he forgot that he set that trap. That he was going to just wasn't... put a mannequin there for Fred? <laughs> and that's kind of what I thought, too. I was like, okay, yeah, he just forgot. He moved Fred. He's having this fun interaction. But it, like I said, it wasn't until this time that it really sank in that, oh, well, no, they're I mean... fucking with him. It's e yeah, like it's easy to see like think both sides because I've always gone in with the idea that maybe he set the trap and put Fred there to you know maybe bait one of the 
dark seekers to it like you know they see a, a white human figure over there they're gonna go attack it and they get snared up and he got caught in his own trap because you do definitely see i, I guess his his mental stability is like kind of in and out there's sure. times in the in the movie store where he thinks and i actually like watched close to kind of see it like you you see if the mannequins are actually moving and he thinks that they they possibly are so, so they actually you know, are actors in some of yeah. the mannequins i didn't learn that until going in a little what? research on the movie yeah, i didn't yeah. see any mannequins that, moving that trap where fred where he goes after fred when this next segment will cover fred's head actually does move he turns it just a little bit and they actually put i guess real people as some of the mannequins just to like fuck with you You're like wait am i seeing things or like is he you know just you know, get in that mindset of, you know. So here was, I was confused. This dude's been there for three years doing this stuff, working with rats. Why? I, and it's like, okay, you had to go take mannequins out of a store, move them into this, dress them up, move them into this video store. Now, I, I don't know if after three years I would be that fucking crazy. You know, to realize I have well, I to mean, do that. I mean, I just, especially because he was keeping his mind busy. He was doing stuff. He was keeping active, watching movies. <laughs> he was watching movies at night. He was making dinner. He's got all kinds of shit going on. He's, he can watch Katie Couric whenever he wants to. And, and yet, you know, you're going to take the time during the day to move mannequins into a fucking video store, dress them up just so you can talk to them. What? You're you're you have no human contact whatsoever. You you talk to the dog. The dog like you know will give you a look, and you can interpret that however you want. But <laughs> but that's know, what I'm saying. But after three years, I just don't know if I'd be quite to that level at three at three because he'd obviously had done that before. You know what I mean? Like okay. it wasn't just a three year point. He went crazy. <clears throat> he fucking like obviously went crazy like so let's, earlier. And I don't know how long it would take. Let's to go think fucking, of an. Let's think of another movie right. where a character is all alone and starts having conversations with an inanimate object. Oh, you're Cast talking away. about Wilson? Wilson! <laughs> Castaway, right? Yeah. yeah. But he was there for fucking 10 years. I bet he started talking to Wilson a little sooner than 10 years, though. But he also didn't have as much shit to keep him occupied as Will Smith does yeah. in New York. I still York. think the lonely factor but kicks in there. It's it's still something like you, you're missing that human connection 100%. Like... Whether it's video chatting or, you know, talking to your neighbor that you absolutely can't stand because they took your garden shears and haven't returned them or whatever. <laughs> like, you're still going to miss that shit if you're Wilson. all by yourself. <laughs> Fucking Wilson. <laughs> Wilson, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know, man. It, just, it seemed like a little bit like he, I, I just, I'm wondering at what point he did that, you know, because that's a little bit fucking much. And I don't know if that's a three-year point. I would even be to that level yet. I feel like three weeks in, I would have been doing that. He's scouring <laughs> these department stores. You know, he's going through looking for useful shit. Why would you not want to put people in buildings that you go in regular just to feel like you're not alone? You know, yeah, they're not real actual people living and breathing. But if you're just seeing like a coat, a jacket, a hat, maybe it just gives you that normalcy of like, oh, I'm bumping into a few I guess, randos. I guess because me, because I, I would be expecting like, okay... Everybody's fucking dead. There's nobody in this video store. But if I place people here now, 
I'm expecting, but now what if somebody else moves that and is standing there to fuck with me? <laughs> it's like, what if a dark seeker is doing that? Now? It's like, cause Hey, there's other people there. I don't know. You know, it was like, to me, it was like, if I see anybody in this building now, cause I know everybody's no, nobody's there. If I see anybody in this building, something's fucking wrong. Right. I don't know. That's just me, but how it's how I think. I mean, <laughs> but I'm not legend. I mean, aside from, aside from the having, the dog would be one thing that would set me away from doing this, but I would have my regular stops, but every single place would be booby-trapped. Oh, yeah. And I would be the one that, like, knows what's booby-trapped, what's not, how to do it, and, like, you can only go in this door, like, sideways, because if you right, big you're ass full Kevin McAllister. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would figure something out because and then if you're it's over like, six foot tall, you're going to get fucked. And if you weigh more than 150 pounds, <laughs> this pressure plate's going to kill you. <laughs> but I mean, it's like, the face. like the, having the dog would prevent me from doing that to an extent. But I mean, that would that way I could be like, hey, I'm going to the store. I'm going to the video store. I'm going to the fucking wherever. Like I go there on the reg, maybe not every day, but every other day. That way tomorrow when I show up, if one of my traps is thrown off, I know that they're coming after me or they have like my scent or something like that. And I can no, vent- no renting videos for the next week. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna Damn cover it. every now Shrek is I gonna co- be late. <laughs> <laughs> I cover everything in cat piss or coyote piss, whatever he does. Right, fucking vinegar everywhere. It's like, man, I can't wait to watch Shrek Two. Cat piss. <laughs> oh my god! All right, well, let's catch this dark seeking. So, so he catches. So, well, he does catch her, right? That That'll was be actually, the next. No, the, the one where he catches her is this one. The one we you just that she just Alyssa just read. That's where he, he catches comes, yeah. her. Oh right? yeah, yeah, okay. I'm looking. At he comes one. back, yeah, sets the trap. Yeah. So, which is cool, that whole thing, because, like, well, for one thing, like, him getting out of the, him fucking running out of the building was, like, because that was scary shit. And I love that he's like, Sam, go out now. So, Sam takes another fucking exit. He jumps out that, man, it was like, and I was surprised. Those dudes were on him. He Mm -hmm. jumps out the window. And then I was like, okay, I was like, why is the sun melting, melting that they're starting to sizzle? Does the UV instant UV cause things to sizzle? If things are UV sensitive, does it does it cause? Hey, it to... I've got some great ants that come down to the beach and visit, and I've seen their skin sizzle. So I wasn't. I believed every second of that shit. I mean, I, that that's where that's where the vampire line comes into more play because, like, you see in va- other vampire movies, I guess, yeah, the light hits and they. Go all fucking crazy and shit. Oh, they the sizzle. sound effects on this one. That was awesome. <laughs> sound like frying bacon. I do remember him leaving, though, like running out of the warehouse. I'm like, all right, he was not on the first floor. So, like, when he was about to jump out the window, I'm like, what the fuck? He hasn't even gone down the stairs yet. How is he? And then you see he's going out of the you know second story window. I'm like, all right, never mind. No, no hole here. <laughs> Did he realize? I mean,. I didn't remember that. Did he? Do you think he realized that he was on the second floor and he knew he's like, I'm gonna fucking like jump, uh, ten feet up in the air right now? And it's probably just I see light. And I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> no but, matter where I am. But why? Because he's like immune, so he could just actually stand there, get bit, still shoot the guys. 
But uh, if they continue biting, I think is the issue. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's not a matter of turning into <laughs> turning into a dark seeker. It's like just getting mauled to death. Okay, them flossing you. your, their teeth with your Achilles. You know, <laughs> <shit like> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's he's got his girl. He's doing tests on her. Obviously, we see up on the wall. He's done tests on dozens of these dark seekers, um, which as the movie goes on, it starts really, I almost get uh, my best friend's wedding feel here. Like, is the main character the bad guy? Is he the villain? I'm going to leave it here. We're going to go into our next segment, but I'm just going to let the the audience sit and think about that. Is Will Smith the bad guy in this movie? The next day, Neville notices Fred, a mannequin usually at the local video store, positioned outside Grand Central Terminal and shoots him in confusion. However, Neville realizes he's being watched by the Dark Seekers from within nearby buildings. As he approaches Fred's body, he is ensnared in a trap similar to the one he used to capture the female, set by the Dark Seekers, of course, and is rendered unconscious after hitting his head. By the time he wakes up, the sun is setting and he is attacked by infected dogs. Neville and Sam eliminate them. But Sam is bitten during the fight. Neville injects her with a strand of his serum and when she shows signs of infection, Neville is forced to strangle her to death as she begins to turn. Before you guys jump in, let's just take a moment for Sam. (laughs) And all the dog lovers out there. Sorry, moment of silence. I, you know what? I will have to say this because I I definitely agree with what Alyssa said. This to me, I think, was probably one of the saddest m- moments in cinematic history that I could possibly remember. You know, all right, this or Old oh, Yeller? Yeah. Where you guys? At? I, mean, that's, I was because I was gonna say it was like this to me was sadder than Old Yeller than Tommy fucking yeah. walking out to go shoot Old Yeller. No, no. it was Travis. 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 Oh Travis. God. Tommy. But yeah, it's his they, dog. He's gonna do it. Travis walking out to go shoot Old Yeller. This was sadder to me to know because think... Sam was a fucking well, Old Yeller was a hero too. Don't get me wrong, but Sam was a hero, saved him, and that's all he has. It's that's all he. That's all has. he has. Travis is going to yeah. go get another dog from down the road. They did. They showed yeah. that at the end. <laughs> yeah. He's had, think, yeah. He's had Sam for three years. He's raised Sam. Sam was his buddy. Sam was his pal. Sam was right there for him every step of the way. And when Sam, like, saved him, and then Sam gets bit, and, oh, my God, I was so – this is terribly sad for Top me. three saddest oh, God. cinematic moments of all time. And I think Will Smith has two of the top three. His moment in Pursuit of Happiness and Seven oh. Pounds – are two of the most like, heart-wrenching scenes ever. Um, JJ, where you at? This or Old Yeller? <clears throat> I mean, we were... Uh, oh, well, definitely this. Like, I, I didn't even think about Old Yeller just because that movie's so old and I don't even care about it. <laughs> but, I watched that like no, I mean, ago. this This was... Brian and I were having a conversation the other day, and I was like, yeah, dude, like, I, I watched another movie and I teared up. And, like, it was, it was a sad film, but it was a good good sad film but you know i still I, I i teared up i'll be honest and i mean it doesn't matter how many times i've seen i am legend i all it always gets me i'm always just like real quiet during that scene because i'm heartbroken yeah anytime i watch this movie i know that i'm gonna have to go through and it's right in the middle of the movie too so it's not like okay old yellow i'm gonna turn it off before it ends you, there's no <laughs> skipping this scene like you have yeah. to watch it it's pivotal for the movie 
But it it makes me want to watch this movie less often than I do because of it. It's so fucking sad. All you cat lovers out there, you probably go through some shit too. But losing a dog, cats, you don't actually know if they like you. You know, <laughs> dude. I mean, no shit. This is this is and how crazy this is. Is I found myself again watching this movie. Two of my dogs, one of the dogs was upstairs, but two of the other dogs were like sleeping. One was like on the floor right in front of me. One was on the chair in front of me, you know, also. And I was just like, I found myself like, look at them going, oh my God, I couldn't imagine. <laughs> well, I, I like. <laughs> it was the same. It was like, oh, this is fucking terrible, you know? So, so we were, we were actually leaving. Um, so I watched half of it right at the point where Sam passes. <laughs> And then we left to go to uh to, to go to a party and like I got up off the couch, I turned the TV off and I like just I just grabbed my dog and like hugged him. I was like, I love you. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, you look at you show Sam right there. Oh yeah. Gotta get Sam Cute. on the screen. <laughs> but I mean it was you gave, it you, is definitely you gave, hard. you gave Moose a hug and said I love you. Oh, Moose. I gave him a big old hug and then he just like <laughs> Kind of stared at me, and then I think he like licked like, where his balls used to be and <laughs> fell back asleep. And I was like, "Cool, bro." Go get but me a I, snack. I thought it was crazy though, because like you know, he gets captured by the sun by the dark seekers, and then like obviously those dudes are waiting for like nighttime to come out. Which like, is man. weird though, because when he's hanging there, he is on their side of the sunlight. Right. So had they come out any time prior to that, they could have yeah. got his ass. Why not? It, was it and too you, light? Was it was it still too the, bright? I guess maybe. Because then you've got the one dog that goes across the line. Goes three quarters of the way across the line. And then scampers back to his side. And I get we're building that dramatic tension watching the sunlight like slowly close up. But once that's like two inches deep, those dogs just jump across. Yeah. It's like it's the like, old like electric <laughs> fences. It's no big deal. You, yeah. Once you get across it, you're good. Well, There's and obviously like that that dude has already come out and he's already felt a little bit of the light before. He's like, ouch, came back. So really if he if he himself runs across that same thing he's going to get a little bit of zap done and then I'm going to be fine again. Right. Yeah. But it's like sticking I, a, you know, a paperclip in a socket. It hurts for a second, but it doesn't hurt that long. <laughs> Having a contest. Who can pee on the electric fence the longest? <laughs> JJ, no more college stories. <laughs> <laughs> or last weekend stories. I don't care. <laughs> Either or. <laughs> but no, I mean, I think that's like, that's really when we start to see that these creatures are, for sure like a societal being and they yeah. are their structure there and yeah there's a clear hierarchy which is i don't know how and, i didn't quite notice it i think i was just infatuated will smith's on a movie oh my god post-apocalyptic but yeah like there's these big themes of the movie but that i just i feel like very much got overlooked Maybe it's just the sadness of the talk. I just never got over that, and I just couldn't focus. Maybe back. you were just young, and you were just too young. You're only focused on the Will Smith stardom. Whenever you were initially watching it, and you yeah. didn't really see it, understanding and a lot of that those stuff. Pull-ups, yeah, just like man, he's yeah. awesome. Or that scene was whatever. Way too long. He it did was. like twelve. I'm like, come on, man. I get it. You're ripped. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. Right. You actually do things. We don't. I'm gonna go grab another beer and some popcorn. Calm <laughs> <laughs> down. <laughs> dancing on screen for me yeah yeah you keep doing your thing but, I'm 12 but to talk about those dark seekers like in that scene where again where sam goes into the building when he sees them and they're all in that fucking little huddle like the, that blair witch huddle 
was like, what the fuck is going on there? I thought they were eating at first, like, because they're, they're moving. Their heads, like, yeah, they're, but, like, they're just, like, fucking, like, dancing around in this, like, little huddle. It was like, what the fuck is going on? And so, that's, they their, that's their so pre-night exhausting. gathering ritual. I don't know. <sighs> it was just weird. So, I was like, that's, I, was like I, I honestly always thought that's how they, it was kind of almost like a hive mentality, and that's how they slept. I felt like I was walking back into church with my grandma back in the day, you know. All <laughs> 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 those fucking statues of bleeding statues on those sides. Fucking staring at you. <laughs> All of a sudden, one of them comes out with an armful of snakes, and you're just like, what the fuck? Where am I at? Oh, oh man. <laughs> No, but I mean, I, I kind of go with what you were saying earlier, Brian. Is this a good good time to bring it up, or are you want to wait a little bit? Let's go one more. And one more. Then we'll... One more. Okay. Yeah. We'll go one more. Heartbroken and driven by rage, Neville ventures out and deliberately attacks a group of dark seekers the following night before he is rescued by a pair of immune humans, Anna and a young boy named Ethan, who have traveled from Maryland after hearing his broadcast. They transport the injured Neville back to his home, where Anna explains they survived the outbreak aboard a Red Cross evacuation ship and are making their way to a survivor's camp in Bethel, Vermont. Neville argues no such survivor's camp exists. As he continues working to cure the female dark seeker, Neville theorizes by lowering her body temperature with ice, he can increase the treatment's potency. The next night, a group of dark seekers, who tracked Anna and Neville the night before, invade the house. Neville, Anna, and Ethan retreat to the basement laboratory, sealing themselves in with the female test subject. So I need you guys to answer this for me because I will go through this movie. I don't think Anna and Ethan were pivotal to this movie at all. I almost think that after Sam dies, we could have gone through some sort of scene with with, uh, Dr. Neville, and then we could have had this ending scene where, you know, he blows it up to cure all that fun stuff. I don't know if I liked them coming into the movie. I feel like it very much changed the trajectory of the movie of what they added to it. Cause this is a lone movie. It's solely Will Smith, but I, I just can't see a reason why we really should have brought them into this film. What are y'all's thoughts? I think the only reason we actually do see them is a small glimmer of hope. Okay. Because they enter in, and then he shows, or, well, like, they enter into the movie. He's like, holy shit, people are alive. You know, he wakes up, Shrek's on. There's bacon frying in the, you know, like, in the skillet. I think it's bacon. Um, And then, you know, all of a sudden now they're getting attacked, and they go down, and he, like, the butterfly. She has a butterfly tattoo. Butterflies are referenced all throughout the movie in small little spots. I think that is basically a sign of hope. And they are a sign of hope. They go downstairs to get away from the dark seekers coming in. Homegirl is, you know, not sitting there rapidly breathing and going crazy. Like he's actually cracked the cure. A sign of hope. (laughs) That's the only thing, that's the only reason I think that they're necessary is just to show a glimpse of hope in this movie. I can see that. Yeah, because yeah. there's there's really not 
anything up to this point that would lead you to think that Will Smith is going to live? You know, JJ, I think that's a, I mean, honestly, I think that's a great take because, because this movie could go so many different ways after, at that point, right? He's, Mm -hmm. he's, he's broken, you know, Sam's, Sam's dead. He's basically committing suicide by setting them up and like, like ramming them and, you know, trying to kill all these dark seekers, which was so different than the book because the book, there was no other hope for society. It was like the, okay. it was like the, the vampires sort of were the new society. Mm-hmm. And to where, what you're saying, like earlier when you're talking about, is he the criminal? Is he the bad guy? You know, because especially like we talk about like in the book, he had, he had killed all of these people trying to save them whenever he's just killing them to try to make them back normal but he's the only person really that's normal but so see this departure in the from the book to the movie to where yeah i think like the movie the movie did you know i think like like to go the book route would have been more science fiction than the then the way that the movie went was to more try to make it more more Hey, there is hope for society. This is a pandemic that we can overcome, stuff like that. I mean, I I looked at it as <clears throat> like what you're saying, they have a society like Will Smith is actually the dark seeker, like he's the one seeking them out trying to kill them. And they don't know any better. They don't know that he's actually trying to help and cure because in their minds there nothing's wrong they're this is this is who they are now they don't remember anything from the past they only remember the now and so all all of these members of their society have gone missing from this one person like he is he is the the bad guy the he's the legend that they tell around their creepy little head nodding campfires (laughs) hey you don't go out during the day because the big scary man will trap you you don't go by yourself to go investigate these odd things because you will get trapped and killed slash tortured by this monster of a man. And I think this is where the movie really opened up for me. And like, I get it. He's not the villain, but he's not necessarily the good guy. I get it. He is saving. He finds the cure, but in the aspect of the, the majority in this movie, he is the villain. He, so you're right. If, if it, the movie would have shown a more of a societal type of aspect of these creatures, reproduce. they recognize, they recognize who the alpha male is. They recognize the leader in the group. They have partners. They show yeah. the affection that they show between each other. I as mean, far as, I'd, I'm know. not saying that you're not wrong, Steve. Like there's really no definitive sign of it at all. In the movie, they don't really they don't really delineate that. So the, him being the legend, it was just weird, you know. Yeah, I just I guess it was just a different way that I've I've never looked at this movie before. Yeah. I've never seen it that it could have a different perspective other than him because he's human. They're not human, so why would you look at them to be you know on that side? But it was just something that I guess as we get into this alternate ending, it really sets up way better because of that ending. 
So, so back to the Kevin McAllister shenanigans here, <laughs> which is what I, what hurts yes. me the most. He spent years building defense plans. He's got guns. He's got cars. I'm sure he's got fucking bombs, all sorts of stuff. But the way he's willing to just throw it all down, you're going to go mow him down with your freaking Ford Escape? Like, really? That's your end plan? Now we well, get to see it was it an explorer. Down. It was an explorer. 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 But, you know, still, like, that's all you're going to do? You're not even going to have a gun? You're just going to mow him down? Very just anticlimactic. But, you know, then we get to the point where he's got all of these, you know, forces on his house. He's got the lights that pop up as defense one. He's got all these cars. Now we realize why he had all the, I mean, it's New York City, but all those cars lined up around the block were clearly rigged to blow, which I thought was fun as shit. Like, let me see all of this work that he's put into this fortress. Let me see some of it play out a little bit. Rather than, it's kind of like James Bond movies. You know, all of a sudden you'll see these spy movies. They get all these cool gadgets, but you never actually see them use them all. Or maybe you'll see a phone flash out, a whole laser cut or something. But, like, let me, all this build up, let me, let me expel all this build up. This is sounding very ejaculatory but you know yeah, no, just I, like, I was just thinking that. yeah you pent me up here man Let, give me the fun of all i think all of his work I, you know i, I kind of look at it the same way but not to not to go back on the villain thing but like, like you brought up the james bond you know line um let's see what the villain side of it is they have this master plan dr evil has this master plan and you hear little bits about it throughout the whole movie, but then at the very end, he starts his master plan. Not Doctor Evil, but like in James Bond and stuff like that. You know, multiple. Was that his master, master plan, or was that just his like his defense mechanism? Because well, I, I was impressed that like that the that the Dark Seekers even kept a reserve squad. Hey, we're not going to send everybody right away to get killed just in case you have this stuff. But then we're going to hold people in reserve to send more later on. And as you see in real military and wars and stuff, the, yeah. the big guy, he sends all the dummies in first. They get blown <laughs> up. Now we're going to send in the middle-ranking guys, and I'm going to follow up suit after all the booby traps have blown up. Like, it's yeah. there's clear thought process. Leadership. Guy, you know? Sacrifice the many to save the few. But God, how long do you think it took him to fortify that house? The amount of freaking like metal sheets, the the like garage door, rolling garage doors he had all over the place. Dude, oh, dude, that would barricaded. Yeah, but I mean, what's the first thing you're gonna do? This is, I mean, the first thing I would do is get the fuck out of town and do that to a place that is not right in the middle of town. Right. But I mean, yeah, the first thing you're gonna do is fortify your castle like, i mean but where gonna... in new york city is he gonna like in manhattan is he gonna find all that shit he's not he's gonna have to like go somewhere else to find all that shit to be able to he went you to know... the mall half that shit you know you see in the mall when they're like sliding down in the department stores with rolly doors sturdy stuff man so that well, dude, i mean yeah i like... mean he had to be like he was like welding shit he was making shit he had to be he's he's definitely scavenging he's yeah. going to he's going to you know, government building where... I mean, a fucking military virologist who spent his time studying viruses and shit like that to be able to scavenge like that, man, the dude was... He was on it. He was fucking on it. I did like the uh, <clears throat> the scene, like, right when he wakes up, you know, listening to Shrek and all that, and they're in there cooking dinner or breakfast. JJ, you talk about the bacon. He, like, has that moment where he lashes out. 
I was and then completely <laughs> changes it to like I was saving that bacon. Like I, I just I, I need a moment. I need to go upstairs. But he like changes it from this like oh my god, be scared. I'm this crazy guy that's been by alone. But like no, I'm just I'm just fretting over the bacon. Give me a second, guys. I'll come back down. But it was very much that charm you see of Will Smith, like taking those moments and completely flipping them 180 and just you know letting his natural charisma come out. Which yeah, well, and I, I think anybody. I, well, I was, I was going to say, I think anybody would m- not necessarily maybe have the same reaction, but somewhere along the same lines of, like, you're coming out of a, like, you know, you got knocked the shit, you got the shit knocked out of you. You're coming out, you're a little bit foggy, and you're just like, what the hell is going on? Holy shit, there's other people. And you don't know how to interact with them because you've been alone for so long. But you've that been chick- talking to mannequins. It's that chick that screwed him over, though. She ultimately well, yeah. like, screwed him over. But, like, because he told her, don't go back to my place. Stay out until dawn. I don't want them mm-hmm. to follow me. But she didn't. Well, she said the sun was up. It was on the horizon. Mm-hmm. So they could just watch her go in there. So, interestingly, <laughs> hey, you know that kid, Ethan? The kid that the, 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 the little boy? Yes! He's the kid. If anybody's an Ozark fan, he's the one that, like, that has the affair with the Crypt Keeper in the Ozarks. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> he's the the cousin to the trashy chick. Yeah, yeah. What's his name? Like Wyatt that has the Wyatt. affair. Wyatt, <laughs> yeah. That sleeps with the fucking old lady. The crypt keeper. <laughs> oh my god. I don't yeah, know shit about cat. fuck. <laughs> That's my favorite line from that fucking show. Uh, we all want to go through these two endings. Let's end them twice. Let's end it. Twice. Okay, fine. All right. So here's the reg reg. Here's the theatrical version. All right, movie crew, before we jump into the ending of this movie, we have a little surprise for you this week. We have got an alternative ending summary. So let's jump into how we all know this movie ends. As the Dark Seekers attack the lab, discovering the last treatment was successful, Neville assesses the situation as the Dark Seeker alpha male rams himself against a glass door to break in. Neville draws a vial of blood from the woman he cured and gives it to Anna before shutting Ethan and her inside a coal chute in the back of the lab. Neville then kills both himself and the attacking dark seeker with a grenade, saving the cure. The following day, Anna and Ethan arrive at the survivors camp in Bethel, where they are greeted by military officers and other survivors. Before Anna hands them the cure, she narrates how Neville's efforts and sacrifices to save humanity ultimately became legend. All right, this alternate ending tells us that the Dark Seekers attack the lab and the alpha male Dark Seeker creates a butterfly shape while attempting to break through the glass to the laboratory. Neville realizes it's referencing the butterfly shaped tattoo on the female Dark Seeker and the alpha and his followers have simply been trying to recover his mate. Neville and the alpha male stare each other down and Neville apologizes after seeing his emotional response to his mate's return. The alpha departs with the rest of the pack. Once they are gone, a shocked Neville looks over at the many pictures of his test subjects and realizes he has become the monster in the eyes of the infected, showing remorse for the experiments he has undertaken over the years. The next morning, Neville abandons his research and heads along with Anna and Ethan to Vermont as a changed man in the hope to finding the survivor's colony. They cross the George Washington Bridge while Anna delivers a hopeful monologue ending with the statement, You are not alone. 
Now, I think this alternate ending is what really solidifies those feelings of giving me Will Smith might be the enemy. He might be, he is their legend to them. He is the bad guy. Because like while he's doing these human human trials, I guess, if you will, I don't actually remember thinking often like, oh my God, that's kind of fucked up. We don't do human trials until we've ruined species of animals. And then we go to ours, you know? So it was just very much... Yeah, just giving giving me perspective uh, throughout this movie. It's it's not just a Will Smith action movie. There's you know a lot going on in here that you don't necessarily notice. You know, I I, I mean, <laughs> JJ, I saw you pause too long. Oh, but <laughs> the uh, I was trying to think of how I wanted to start it. <laughs> the alternate ending, in a lot of ways, shows a lot more of the kind of like in in line with the book because in the book he sort of like he ends up they they offer him the the dark seekers offer him a, a an out to like to to take some uh pills like to kill himself so he does because they're going to like punish him for being the legend you know because he is the legend now um but and so 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 he he does sort of become the the bad guy in the in, in the book um and the alternate ending kind of shows more of that whereas the theatrical ending that we all saw um kind of still goes along with the hope of of a cure for humanity right humanity is going to survive Maybe, but, but <laughs> in the alternate ending, maybe not, you know, because these guys are going to take over some shit. I don't know, you know, so it's, it's, it's a little bit strange how the, how the, how the alternate ending, I don't even know if it was better because I saw, you know, after seeing the alternate ending, I don't know if it was better than the theatrical ending for the, as for the, how this movie was going, the way that this movie went and the way that the, the way that they portrayed the, dark seekers in this movie i think the theatrical ending made more sense in a lot of ways you know interesting so that that was the i mean they originally aired this to test groups and they had the alternate ending in and it was not very well liked because it made will smith the bad guy neville was not liked after that fact and people just weren't comfortable with it they you know they want to see humanity survive they don't want to see an alternate reality of such but it's just kind of a thing of like i don't really see either way working out you're muted so so maybe humanity wants to like to wait them out and like hopefully that they will like die out because there's not enough other humans to eat that's what we try to do with covid uh, <laughs> yes but yeah so maybe that's the, i don't know if that's their take or not from the movie but uh I it's it, I, I don't know it's it's kind of a, it's kind of just a weird deal though because in what reality do you see like oh we're just gonna go inject all the dark seekers and then they're gonna be cured no yeah there's no way you're injecting and catching them all before and they also find more and mutate more people and also, how do you know, like, like you have this virologist, or however you say it, vi- virologist? Virologist. Virologist. Vi- virologist? Okay. I'm not a doctor. I don't care. <laughs> but, like, I mean, he obviously knows what he's doing, but what if they get up to Vermont, which is another thing. Why the fuck did they choose Vermont? It's, it gets cold there. Let's go somewhere warm. Anyway. 
How do we know that there's somebody? How do we know that there's somebody there that's gonna Able. know what to do with that? A like, virologist yeah. in fucking Vermont. Yeah. They right. can take blood, find the yeah. But uh, they did say Vermont because it gets cold and the virus can't survive in the cold. Um, it doesn't get cold in New York City. I guess not as cold so as I Vermont. Wonder, <laughs> did he, did he actually solve it then with the the antidote or whatever he had? Or the, was blood it the, the blood or of the the blood of the female. Put him on ice. Maybe that's all that actually saved her. Was just the fucking ice. The Maybe. serum that he had actually didn't do shit. It was just putting her on ice that cooled her off and saved it. Yeah. <laughs> Come find out it was like just basically a saline shot to them. Like, ah, if, we just, do anything? if we just cool them down, they'll be fine. It'll cure one hell of a hangover, but it probably won't do anything else. All these guys got to do is get real fucking cold and they're going to be all right. Yeah, we'll send them up to the Great North for a week, so, bring them back. Yeah, how, cool. like... That's why Canada. We'll just send them to Canada. That's what I was about to ask. Like, what is going on in Canada during all of this? They're Nothing. Fine. Canada's fine. Canada's just normal. Yeah. Yeah. Canada's like, oh, we took a Donald Trump page, built a wall there, eh? Like, nobody's getting to us. They were broadcasting the NHL game the other day. The Canucks were going at it, eh? Yeah, they're like, hey, hey, can you let us through the wall? Like, oh, fuck, sure, bud. Just give us a second. Going to scan your eyes real quick, let you in the gate there. Oh, sorry. Sorry you can't come in. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. No. Can't come in. You just blinked red. You want to test again? Let's do it three more times. Just to see that. I'm so sorry. Sorry. Boy's got a bag of beers and beaver tails. Let's get this party started. No. It's not going to happen. Felt, uh, I just felt the theatrical ending, though. Just left me with... I get it. He sacrifices himself for the cure. He devoted his life to it. But I guess it just leaves me... Just wrapping up, putting a bow on this this movie. Which is it a pretty bow? I don't think so. But I think that the alternate ending gives me a little bit more to think about. It's a lot more thought provoking of a movie. I feel like rather than just a very simple Will Smith post apocalyptic movie. You know, I just I think I've, I got so much more from that second one. I think if you if you would have gone with the alternate ending, we probably would have seen a sequel a lot faster. Fucking wish so. Speaking of which, we do have a sequel in the wor works. I guess they're going to be playing off the alternate ending to keep Will Smith alive. He'll be coming back. No, no, yes, no. Michael B. Jordan comes out next year. Oh, I don't Jesus. know. Really? I don't know nope. how they're going to make this work since theatrically, yeah, it was Will Smith is dead. So, but, yeah, so from what I've read, it is supposed to be off the alternate. It's supposed to be like 15 years later. But what I've seen is they want to treat it more like The Last of Us did in more spinning, you know, more in that post-apocalyptic, that, that, that realm of where the movie could have taken it. And I guess they're going to try and gear more to that theme of the book rather than what we got from the basic ending. Well, folks, this is the part of the podcast where now we got to put a number to it. We can't just talk about these movies. We've got to tell you how good they are. And the way we do it here at Too Much Movie Night, we put it on our Too Much Meter. It is a zero to eight slice scale. It's a pizza, you know, because that's what goes great with a, a movie night movie. It's a pizza, a zero slice movie. It's gonna be, it's gonna be watching Sam die. There, there is nothing harder in this world than watching that scene. Mm, R.I.P. Moment of silence. <laughs> and an eight slice movie is going to be finding finding the cure, being able to say, "We fucked up. We caused this problem, but I found the solution. We fixed it up." Well, Steve, this was your movie. Where are you, where are you going to fall on your your take? You going I'm, first? No, Brian, I'm going last. 
He's got cleanup duty. Yes, he sir. always goes last. I always do. goes. He's got to protect the overall score of it, <laughs> <laughs> or lower it drastically. That's true. This is true. <laughs> JJ, you want us to go first or second? Doesn't make a difference to me. I'm just curious, just how you like it, disgusting. When he he gives Sam the food. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah okay. Just how yeah, you like it, like Sam. It. Disgusting. Disgusting. Okay. That's I, I was I got distracted by that and I was like, wait a minute, what? And I've only got so many letters, so I get stuck with certain quotes each week. So I had to pull down two of the ones I wanted to do because I didn't have enough M's or G's. So this is this, that's what we went with. Well, that's fair. That's fair. That's why it says disgusting instead of disgusting, because <laughs> I needed the G for I am legend. <laughs> oh man. Well, I'm already up on the mic, so let's let me start this bad boy off. Do it. Oh. Guys, this is, this is going to be hard for me because it's a Will Smith movie. This should be an auto eight-slice movie because it doesn't get much better in the world of acting when it comes with Will Smith. I thought he was charismatic as you can be for being a depressed guy all alone. Um, I loved every bit of him on screen. Uh, as we touched on the first, what, two-thirds of this movie with him and Sam, I was so compelled with just the, the different aspects of what was happening in this movie. Um, the fact that we don't have much of a score, like this movie's silent through so much of it when you could have music playing in the background, but I feel like it really sets in the loneliness. Uh, but there's some flaws with the movie. You do have to go through the dog scene just to enjoy this movie. Uh, I'm very torn on this. I cannot go three straight weeks with a five and a half slice movie because I just feel like I'm doing something wrong. Uh, but I can't go higher. I unfortunately can't go higher. This is a good movie. It's better than average. This is a movie I will turn on often, but it, it has its flaws, and it finds itself as a five-slice movie to me. JJ, I need you to tell me where we're going from here. What you got? So my introduction to this movie, I never saw it in theaters. Um, actually, one of my first roommates in college um, showed me this movie. and No, not you. Um, and, and this guy absolutely loved this movie enough that he would watch it every single night. Yes. Yeah. I would, uh, come home from work and it would be playing in the living room and I was just like, again, we can't change it up. So I kind of got burnt out on it for a while and then quit watching it. And then this was my callback to it. And this is where I started taking a different view on the movie from what I had in the past. I mean, obviously the heartbreak with Sam, I mean, that's that's something that's never going to leave you. It's definitely going to stick with you and leave a bad taste in your mouth. But I feel like it, oh, it was necessary for the story. But, I mean, you just, you really start to look at it and you break down this movie I mean, could I have lasted that long? I mean, I'm no virologist, virologist, whatever, vaginaologist. I'm not one. <laughs> so, I mean, I would have, I would like to think that I could last three years, but I don't think my mental faculties could last that long. I, I'm a people person. I like to talk. 
So I probably, I mean, I probably would have done something stupid and gotten myself killed way before Neville does. And so I got to respect Neville in this. I got to respect his prepping and everything like that until Anna comes in with Ethan and they just completely fuck it all up and ruin everything for him. And that just makes me hate her and humanity at the same time. It's like, come on, I, like I'm telling you what to do and you don't do it, then yes, we deserve to die. But, I mean, breaking this movie down is hard. It is a good movie. It's a good film. It's fun to watch every now and then. Um, but I'll be honest. I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to go lower than Brian. I'm going to have to give it four and a half. Because a now that I can see the side of the Dark Seekers, Neville's an asshole. <laughs> He's, he is the... He is the Dark Seekers, like... Boogeyman. <laughs> yeah, Boogeyman. I was going to say Ted Bundy, but he doesn't eat them, so... Well... That we know of. Baba Yaga. Mm. He's, he's built. Will Smith's got some muscle on him, so he's got protein somewhere. I mean, we saw he wasn't eating the deer, because the lions were taking care of that, so... Uh, you get hungry enough. I don't know. Well, Steve, take us home. All yeah. right. So, you know what? This movie is a, uh, man. You know what, Brian? I remember watching this movie with you. And we discussed this movie. I remember, I specifically remember discussing this movie with you and thinking that both of us were like, you know what? What a great concept, but it left us wanting. I think both of us were, I mean, I, I, I so vividly remember talking about this. We're like, yeah, you know what? Such a great concept, but it just wasn't enough for us, you know? And, and that's, I felt that again, watching this movie this week, you know, uh, for this, that it was again, a good movie, a good concept, but it just, it still, it left me wanting more, you know, from, from this. And, um, <clears throat> I completely agree with you, JJ, that the, you know, the whole, in, in both of you guys, right. The Sam scene was <laughs> so gut wrenching. Uh, uh, top two, if not three, right? To me, it's the most, the most heart wrenching uh, scene that I've ever seen when Sam dies. It's, it's just, it's horrible, um, and and sad, so sad, um, but necessary for the movie. Agreed, um, but still, the three quarters of the movie is great. The 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 last bit of the movie, it just goes down fast. It goes down quickly. And, and again, you know, they try to bring, bring in the God's plan, that sort of stuff. It just takes away a lot for me. Um, still a good movie that I would watch again, better than average slightly. And I agree with JJ 4.5. It's a four and a half slicer better than average right there. Let's fucking go doing my boy, big Willie. You're doing them wrong guys. <laughs> <clears throat> The Big Willie style. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, where is this? Uh... Well, cool. Slice so with my five, JJ and Steve both have four and a half slices. We're going to give this movie a 4.6 slice movie. It is going to be, what, in the 24 position? It is better than Law Abiding Citizen, Kick Ass and the Watch, but not quite as good as Mr. and Mrs. Smith, The Mummy, and Gold Member. That's fair. All right. 
Was this our 37th movie, Brian? This is movie number 37. Wow. And next week, when everybody comes back, because of course they will, we've got our thriller week. And no, I'm not talking Michael Jackson movies, everybody. Thriller. <laughs> Are there any Michael Jackson movies? <laughs> <laughs> have they not done? They've had to have done a movie based on him now, right? Dateline uh, did one. Dateline did one. I was about uh, to say, there's there, there's at least one or two documentaries about him possibly being a drug-abusing child molester, but we... <laughs> but he's got good music. I don't know how yeah. thrilling that is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, guys, I had a great time with this. Our Will Smith week. I Am Legends in the book. Uh, everybody, we appreciate you listening, always giving us a follow, subscribing all over the place. Uh, Everywhere YouTube, you can. Apple. Catch the videos on Spotify and YouTube. Listen to us on Apple or anywhere you can get your podcast. We're here for you. For you. It's JJ it's for you, folks. Always here for you. Bob, Bob Marley legend. Damien? Yes. Damien? 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 Damien?